0: The Oklahoma Sooners fall in demoralizing, disappointing, embarrassing, frustrating fashion to the Kansas Jayhawks. We'll talk about all of it that transpired on Saturday in Lawrence on today's episode of Locked On Sooners postgame live. You are Locked On Sooners, your daily podcast on the Oklahoma Sooners. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. what's up sooner nation welcome to locked on sooners and thank you for making locked on sooners your first listen every single day we're free and available on all podcast platforms today's episode is brought to you by game time if you're looking for last minute tickets go download the game time app create an account and use code locked on college for twenty dollars off your first purchase my name is john williams you can follow me on twitter at john nine williams my buddy here is josh helmer you can follow him on twitter at josh on ref you can also hear him monday through friday from nine to noon on the KRF sports app and josh Man, what a game. I mean, if you're a neutral observer, you probably enjoyed that game. But for Oklahoma Sooners fans, it was an incredibly frustrating atmosphere and afternoon to watch football because at times it seemed like they were getting things going both offensively and defensively. And then at times it looked like they had no clue what they were doing, whether it was the play calling, whether it was in coverage, whether it was uh, just the inability and, and unwillingness at times to throw the football. Nothing was great about this game. Um, You can go to a number of moments that really turned the tide or lost the game for the Oklahoma Sooners. But just overall, where, where do you start when you're
1: starting to think about what Oklahoma did in this game? Got off to a poor start in a place where you knew it was sellout type crowd weather conditions weren't weren't conducive to going and just making a bunch of explosive plays after explosive plays. It was going to be more challenging in some ways offensively to go find a 70-yard touchdown pass or, you know, insert yardage here. And Oklahoma didn't try to do a lot of that, which of course we'll, we'll dive into as we we move along uh, throughout this postgame reaction. But got off to a bad start and it was a three phases loss for me, John. I look at a number of different things. Uh, the offense, again, the play calling, we'll, we'll deep dive that, I'm sure. Defensively, the the competitive depth that we've touted, we'll, unfortunately we, unfortunately, when you lost a couple of guys today, it wasn't as good defensively as uh, as we had hoped for. And really, there's been some signs of that these last couple of weeks for Oklahoma, and it finally, against a really good Kansas offense, came back to bite them, even though – they came away with a timely turnover or two that kind of made you think in the moment, okay, they're going to find a way to escape and get out of here, uh, get out of Lawrence with another win over the Jayhawks, but they just didn't have enough complimentary football. Special teams as well, right? Early in the game because of your uh, because of the conditions, but also because of your failures lately, you weren't comfortable kicking a field goal early in the game. So I, I just looked, you had the bad shank punt in this football game. You had, uh, obviously, it didn't wind up, Hurting you that much, right? On the kickoff return, but you like Kansas muffed a kickoff return. So there's just every single phase of the game, offense, defense, special teams where oh, you lost this thing.
0: It was a disjointed effort from the very beginning. You can look at Dylan Gabriel's, you know, pick six at the beginning of the game, where he was just late on the throw. And I mean, had he timed that better? Maybe he, maybe he hits Jillo Farouk there on the outside. Also Jillo Farouk, I didn't feel like made a very competitive play on that. He let the guy go through him and allowed that ball to be picked off, but still it was a poorly timed throw. And after maybe the first series you're thinking, okay, maybe, or the first throw of the game, maybe it's like, let's maybe not throw out to the perimeter very often in this game. And because they just didn't have it because of the conditions, but also, you know, Gabriel just either didn't have a lot of opportunities to get into a rhythm uh, except for that final drive where he looked you know, pretty solid and moved Oklahoma into scoring territory and gave him an opportunity. But all in all, you know, a lot of it was just some disjointed play calling. You know, it seemed like they were really trying to attack the perimeters of the Kansas defense. But what really worked was going straight up the gut and attacking them between the tackles with Tawi Walker, who had a fantastic game but where to it go? Where to it go? In particular, on their final drive, on the the drive, you know, at, before Kansas takes the lead, you get the ball back on an Ethan Downs interception. You know, ball batted down at the line of scrimmage, and you do nothing with that drive. You just absolutely go in the tank and play scared and not to lose. How there was so much time on the clock left. There was well over two minutes in the game, and Kansas had at least two timeouts. They might have had all three they had two timeouts so much time and you decide you're just going to try and run and get the first down and run the clock out. Okay. I, I get it on first down. You want to try and make something happen there. But when you go backwards, then maybe on second down, you look to get a little bit of yardage back and you throw something safe. It doesn't have to be, a you know, attack the middle of the field on a 40 yard bomb. No, just do something that's going to get the ball in a playmaker's hands and, and see if you can pick up some cheap yards and, and get, into a better position to get a first down. But then that's, you know, that second down, you know, Dylan Gabriel draw play. I'm like, what are we doing here? And then on third down, you, you pick up some, you know, some decent yards before you got to punt the ball away. So, you know, it just, it was just a, a poor effort. And I feel like they really played scared. They coached this game, scared coached it, To me, this reminded me a little bit of the Texas game, but the offense was better because you actually had a quarterback that could do a little bit and the, the Texas defense was better than Kansas, and I mean the Texas game from 2022, not this recent Texas game, where the coaching staff went in there just hoping they could get out of it by not doing too much. Well, they took the ball out of one of their best players' hands. I know people are going to be upset with Dylan Gabriel in this game, but I feel like he he could have been better had he been given an opportunity to do a little bit more. They were so afraid to throw the football in this one, and, and, and I get it, and, and the run game was working. So I don't mind that they were running the football a lot. But in critical moments, you got to let your quarterback throw the ball or just don't even have him out there.
1: Yeah, obviously in that situation, you just make yourself so predictable. And unfortunately, with uh, the way this game played out for Oklahoma, maybe it's different and maybe you successfully find your way into the winner's column and to the finish line if Toby Walker's not dinged up at the end of the game, right? I mean, that's just unfortunately the wear and tear of this thing. I guess somewhere along the way, Tommy Walker hurt an ankle is uh, it sounds like the report. And so that's why we didn't see a lot of him coming down the home stretch. And so you tried to lean on uh, obviously Barnes and uh, your quarterback there. And it wasn't enough. Tawi Walker probably pinballs a couple of guys and maybe gets you in a situation where you can run three straight downs to go get a first down, but that wasn't your situation at the end of the football game. And uh, even if it was, there's, always going to be the faction of the fan base that understandably is upset that throughout the course of this game, Dylan Gabriel throws 19 times and how many of those were, I mean, a couple of those right on the the final drive there. So there was a a, a large portion of this game where Dylan Gabriel just wasn't asked to throw the football downfield. Meanwhile, being in Kansas, they hit on some big time plays downfield. So there were plays to be had in the passing game and Oklahoma didn't try to take that route, which at times the run game was the right decision. But throughout the course of this game, sure, the predictability and especially at the end, man, you got Dylan Gabriel. You got those skill guys. Try and go win the football game when they've got a couple of timeouts in their pocket.
0: Yeah, especially if you don't have the guy that's been your best runner in the game. Maybe try and get something outside and get it wide. You know, that's what Kansas did. Kansas played aggressive. They played. To win the football game and they won the football game rightfully so they were the better team even though oklahoma gave them opportunities kansas was the better team because they coached more aggressively and they went out and won that game that fourth down that they ended up completing that got them down inside the red zone i mean jason bean has all kinds of time first of all and second of all you know the wide receiver loses coverage and then everybody's out there just like waiting for him to do something, waiting for him to run out of bounds. But he's like, I'll take as many yards as you want to give me, I guess. And he's waiting for them to come tackle him. And they just let him keep running. And I mean, it was a very, very, um, there was very much a dichotomy in this game. Kansas was the aggressor from the jump. Oklahoma played passive, scared to lose football, and they lost the game. And, And they deserve to lose the game for that in my opinion because if you're not going to be the aggressor Brent Venables, Jeff LeBby, Ted Roof then then you're going to lose football games like this. You are an aggressive coach, you've proven it over and over again, but came into this one just Hoping Kansas was going to give it to you, and they didn't. And we've got so much more to break down in this one. We can talk more. Jeff Levy, we can talk about some of your comments, your uh, your reactions, your questions over in the YouTube chat as well. Uh, thank you for joining us here on Locked On Sooners. We'll talk more about this game after the break.
1: Athletic Brewing Company is your game changer. Unfortunately uh, for Oklahoma coming out of this, some might say Jeff Levy was a game changer for OU. This is not that kind of game changer. This is a positive game changer. Athletic Brewing has completely changed the non-alcoholic brew game. They make non-alcoholic brews that actually taste good. Athletic Brewing Company... They, uh, they make all sorts of different flavors for you. 50 different styles of craft, non-alcoholic brews, including IPAs, Golden Sours, and more. And they're constantly inventing, creating these great-tasting, award-winning brews that uh, beat out those full-strength st- full beers in global competitions as well. So where can you find Athletic Brewing Company? You can find them all over at a store near you or buy online, athleticbrewing.com. First-time customers can use our code Locked On to get... off your first online order. That's code LOCKEDON, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, at checkout for 15% off at athleticbrewing.com. Near beer, exclusions and conditions apply. Fit for all times.
0: And if you're looking for a way to find last-minute prices on last-minute tickets, go to game time. If you've ever had that frustrating buying experience where, hey, man, I really want to get to this game, I want to get to this show, but you can't find... Uh, the best deals we'll go to the game time app not only will you get the best deals but you get a great view of what your seat's going to be looking at no matter the venue the event you'll be able to see it before you get there and so you can check that out over at the game time app you shouldn't have to worry when you're buying tickets to your next big event game time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports music comedy and theater events near you with killer last minute deals all in prices views from your seat and their best price guarantee the game time app is where it's at, available in your app store or the Google Play Store as well. So download, download the game time app, create an account and use code locked on college for twenty dollars off your first purchase. Terms apply again, create an account and redeem code L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N-C-O-L-L-E-G-E for $20 off that first purchase. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed. So in the second and third quarter, Josh, Dylan Gabriel was eight of eight. In the game and was just four of seven in the fourth quarter, but several of those completions on several attempts came on the final drive. You want to go back to the final drive. I think he threw six, six passes um, on Oklahoma's final drive of the game and was pretty good on those six passes again they were reluctant to throw the football for much of the other moments in this game i I keep going back to their second to last drive and why why are we not trying to get something outside and see if you can't get drake stoops to pick up some cheap yards and get you in a better second or third down situation where you can then again run the football and see if you can pick up that first down but again it just came down to they had no faith in any part of their passing offense And it was a frustrating thing to watch.
1: Yeah. Obviously the conditions being what the conditions were. Oklahoma coached like that. They coached like at times they couldn't throw a forward pass when you've got dylan gabriel and a bunch of talented weapons i just don't understand it the it's time to start retiring to stop it with the gavin freeman end arounds i'm sick of it i'm sick of watching them they rarely work speaking of predictability everybody knows as soon as gavin freeman starts moving around the formation you're handing it off to him on an end around and guess what it's probably going to lose five yards like it does most every other time
0: yeah, as good as he might have been in fall camp, we've yet to see that translate uh, to the regular season. It, it just hasn't worked yet. And you know, on to, in today's or in, in this game, not really a lot of guys were getting a lot of separation. But again, you weren't giving the passing game a whole lot of options. You weren't giving them opportunities to throw the ball down the field. Whereas with a what we considered a lesser quarterback in in Jason Bean, may not be the case. But Jason Bean, they were very willing to throw the football down the field. Jeff Levy just didn't scheme anything to get the ball downfield. You didn't target Nick Anderson enough. You didn't, you know, get the ball outside down the field to Jalil Farouk or to uh, Jaden Gibson. A few plays that worked were, you know, just kind of here and there. It wasn't ever a consistent passing game that you had going on. And I, and I just kind of put some of that on the game plan. I put some of that on, you know, the, the play caller, not really wanting to let his quarterback go downfield. I mean, some of it, so much of it is just scheme. Like I get, yeah, Casey fan has it right here. He's saying you can still throw in the rain. It's more challenging, but not impossible. Kansas didn't. So why couldn't we? That's the big question that everybody's going to have on their mind is why didn't we attack down the field? Because eventually Kansas just started playing everybody up close to the line of scrimmage. And that was the case on that second to last drive for Oklahoma. I mean, there were so many bodies around the line of scrimmage that's the perfect time to throw a little play action, a little RPO game. I don't know if I ever saw one actual RPO in this game. You know, there might've been some, some play action stuff, but nothing that gave Dylan Gabriel the option to throw the slant, you know, which had worked a lot this year, had been a very, very successful play design for them. You just didn't see much of it.
1: Yeah. the, Jalil Farouk in the backfield thing. Obviously you wind up with uh, a big costly fumble, John. It, uh, it's something actually at times, I don't want to say that you and I've called for, but with the running game being what the running game at times has been, we've said, okay, well, why not try a Farouk or this or that in the backfield? And, Obviously, it did not work, and it winds up with one of the most costly plays in the game with Farouk getting hit and coughing the football up. So I think one other thing is true about this game today. We saw the effect on this football game once Tawi Walker went down, right? Oklahoma, even though there were some spurts last week to end with Gavin Sanchuk and to begin this week for Oklahoma, it's just not consistently there in the run game for anybody not named Tawi Walker. And so guess what? When Tawi Walker got hurt? Oklahoma didn't have many answers in the run game and it wound up biting them to close this football game offensively, especially when you were trying to be overly reliant on the run game and, and a little bit too conservative. You didn't have the guy back there that maybe could go get you that first down. Incredibly frustrating when you look across the ledger and you see a Kansas team that has a Devin Neal. And a high shot junior who, oh, by the way, was at more high school. Sure. Uh, people picked up on that on the broadcast, but right in your own backyard, you, you didn't recruit that kid, but basically KU's got two guys better maybe than anybody you've got right now in the backfield. That's a tough pill to swallow coming out of this thing.
0: It really is. And and it comes back to just the running game, not being good enough all year long. And then when Toby Walker, who's kind of been the only one that's gotten consistent work aside from Marcus major this season, you don't have another option and so then I come back to why are you taking the ball out of Dylan Gabriel's hands and forcing the run when you don't have a consistent option for you know for for your offense you just don't and I mean you, Dylan Gabriel was solid yeah the pick six was terrible had a couple other throws that he would have liked back but otherwise what was he 14 of 7 sorry 14 and 19 for 171 complete 74% of his passes. I know a lot of those were at or behind the line of scrimmage, but you know there were, op- there were good completions down the field too. So yes, it's raining. Yes, it's wet. Yes, there's some wind. Put the ball in your best player's hand and let him go win the football game. When he gave you an opportunity at the end, you know, yeah, it's a little 20 yard Hail Mary that they had to throw. That should have been enough for you to say, man, I really wish I'd have let Dylan Gabriel throw the ball more throughout this game because they might've given us They might have given us more opportunities to score points, but. you know we can talk about the offense, but the defense it wasn't good either. Like the defense was so up and down, it was inconsistent. There were missed tackles all over the place, whether it was Jaron Canick or Billy Bowman, Danny Stutzman. I mean, all the guys that you expect to be stars on this team were missing tackles. Key Lawrence, and then Key Lawrence had a dropped interception that was right in his hands. Ultimately, they were able to get the int from Ethan Downs to make up for it, but you, you can't miss on plays like that. There were too many times where they were playing patty cake with the Oklahoma or with the Kansas runner or receiver that you're like, why are you trying to tack grab the ball when he's right there and he's already made several guys miss just tackle the guy. Uh, But so many times they were just trying to strip the ball out and force a turnover that it just was not good. And there's a lot of work to do with this defense. Still, there's a lot of room that they've still got to grow. And I said as much on Twitter uh, just yesterday that this is a team that's shown signs that they're improved. And yet, there's still a lot of signs that they've got a long, long way to go. Uh, we've got a few more to say, a few more things to say about this. Uh, we'll do this after the break. If you got questions that you'd like us to answer, thoughts that you'd like us to share, make sure you uh, drop them in the chat over there as well. Uh, but we'll talk more about Oklahoma's 38 to 33 loss
1: over the Kansas to the Kansas Jayhawks. After the break, if you're looking to play daily fantasy sports, there's no better place than Prize Picks. It is the premier location. Testing my skills on Prize Picks. This football season, it's been the most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. And oh, by the way, if you've got the skills, you can turn $10 into $250 with just a few taps. It's uh, really simple and easy to play. I can make my picks, submit my entry in less than 60 seconds. Just to look at some. More than numbers, some less than numbers. Unfortunately, today, the less than passing yardage number for Dylan Gabriel was probably uh, the right play uh, in this one. But uh, quick withdrawals, easy gameplay, and an enormous selection of players and stat types. To make uh, Prize Picks the number one daily fantasy sports app, they've got something for everybody. So head on over to prizepicks.com backslash locked on college. Use our code LockedOnCollege for a first deposit match up to $100. One more time for you, prizepicks.com. Backslash locked on college. Use our code locked on college for a first deposit match up to $100. Daily fantasy sports made easy. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast.
0: Okay, Josh, I uh, got a, a few questions here. I mean, we've talked a little bit about this, but 405 Boyd asked John and Josh, what happened to the offense?
1: Yeah, it's a great question. Uh, I, the, the first thing that jumps out, obviously, is one big mistake early by Dylan Gabriel that sets the table for sort of everything to follow afterwards. Giving up seven points. I, I said it going in. And this is not some, wow, what a what a rocket science statement. But Oklahoma, coming out of this thing, yes, was still the top-to-bottom better football team. The only way they were going to lose this game was if they didn't take care of the football. And guess what? They did not take care of the football, and it started early in the game. Even though Kansas Kansas tried to help you out in that department. Absolutely. But Oklahoma's offense, the, the big pick six and obviously the Farouk fumble was a lot to overcome. And then the conservative play calling throughout the course of this thing just – basically thinking you were going to be able to only rely on the run game and go win it it worked for you know some legitimate stretches of this game but eventually at the end of it KU you adjusted john you were too predictable and i, I the the tweet that was out there i'm gonna see if i can't find it uh about the i think it was mark clayton that tossed it out that it was cover zero with just a robber up top and it's basically was a crime against football i don't them I'm adding uh I'm adding my own subject subjective opinion here to Mark Clayton's tweet. But his point was you you can't not throw the football on a cover zero look, and yet Oklahoma came out three straight downs and ran the football. So that's a failure on the offensive play caller. And I think we did see that at times today.
0: Yeah, exactly. When the when the defense is giving you favorable looks, you gotta try. You just have to. If it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. And I get people be mad if it doesn't work out, but you got to try, especially when Tommy Walker goes down, you got to give yourself an opportunity to win the game. Throw it at Nick Anderson, you know, give him an opportunity. He had one catch today, one catch. That's not enough for a guy that's just been scoring a bunch of touchdowns, just had a hundred yard day. He's playing really, really good football and you only target him twice. That's not good enough. That's really not good enough. Drake Stoops had a solid game, but in a losing effort, it, it's a frustrating one. Uh, you know, you got to be able to do a little bit more offensively than what you did. And, and yes, the conditions played a part, but you can only use that excuse for so
1: long. You played in it.
0: Yeah. KU You played in the same conditions and they were not afraid to throw the ball, throw the ball. They, they let Jason Bean throw the ball 32 times in this game. Did it always work out? No. But when he needed to make a play, he had thrown the ball enough to feel good about making the play and he made it. You know, I mean, yes, that that could have gone a little bit differently, could have gone awry, but he made the play that they needed him to make at the right time. And and so there's yeah, it's it's an issue. Um, there's another really good comment up here from Thomas Slinger. He says, I think actually think this game is on Brent. His time management, coaching discipline and player management really showed today. I mean, it's on your head coach. Your head coach is the one that's most most responsible for wins and losses. They're going to get all the credit when they're winning, get all the blame when they lose. And today it was poor game management. Uh, Before the half, Matthew Reddick says it here, you know, the victory formation before half, that was an issue. We talked about it. 53 seconds, three timeouts. That's an eternity. You could take so much time if you start getting first downs, but they didn't try. They ran one play and then they kneeled on the ball. Not good enough for me. That is not good enough for me. And, you know, a lot of it comes back to what Thomas said. You just didn't manage the clock very well, you know, on that final drive. You got a big play and you were able to move the ball down the field and then you didn't call a timeout right away. That cost you three, four seconds, maybe five seconds of game clock. So then when you throw that incompletion out of the back of the end zone with only, you only have three seconds left on the clock on that play. That's an extra play. Maybe I mean, five seconds is potentially an extra play because you have an extra timeout where you can get the ball a little bit closer to the end zone, but because you didn't call the timeout that quickly enough, you lost time on that one. So, yeah, I mean, this, this comes down to game prep execution. It comes down to game game management, which I thought Brent Venables had done a really good job of this year, but this one was not a good, good coaching job for him or his coaching staff.
1: No, that's right. And if we're going to be upset with Jeff Levy, which I think is totally merited and completely deserved, Britt Vittables is the head football coach. He gets the final say. So if he wants to say, "Look, we're we're going to stop running the football and being so predictable, and we're going to open it up and give Dylan Gabriel a couple of chances here to go make plays," Britt Vittables has the wherewithal as your head football coach to do that. But obviously, we're talking mostly about right some of the again the before first half thing. It's a hindsight twenty twenty for me. I in the moment. Wasn't too upset that you didn't go try to chase points, given the way that the game had started out, falling behind fourteen to nothing. It was a pretty good situation to be in going into halftime leading. So I can understand if you didn't break one off with the f- initial run there, not trying to be over aggressive, but at the end of the game is just inexcusable to. And I'd like to watch that again to see. I'm I'm, I'm going to assume that Brent Venables and his staff just made a mistake and let four or five seconds drip off the clock before they called the timeout or didn't think about, okay, do we want to call a timeout here? They clearly, I guess, thought it was a first down, John, which it was not and and then obviously you let multiple seconds tick away it it leads to where right before that final play you call timeout to make sure that everything's set up the way that you want it but really you could have kept that time out in your back pocket kept the middle of the field open toss something to the middle of the field and then maybe we're talking about 12 yards to the end zone or eight yards to the end zone and then instead of eight guys dropping back it turns into a trad- traditional football play instead of uh, obviously the way KU was able to defend it so no there were there were mistakes made by the head football coach and I would entertain the argument again hindsight being 2020 with the not being aggressive before half the conditions the way the first half had played out I'm going to give Brent a little bit of a pass there but the end of the game and some of the decisions along the way uh, other ones obviously inexcusable a failure by your head coach yeah I just the only way
0: the only reason I'm so frustrated by the end of the first half play calling is you ran one play and it wasn't even a great play it was just a, a halfback dive know get the ball out on the perimeter and see like tommy walker's good and yeah he did have a couple big runs but he's not going to be somebody that breaks off a 50-yard run and puts you in field goal range no like get the ball to somebody that's got a little bit of speed a brennan thompson jaquais fed away somebody's gonna be able to make something happen after the catch and then get down the field and i mean there's so much to dissect from this game and, and i think we'll have to go back and watch some of it because there's so much to dissect from this game, but we'll break it all down this week over the first few days before we start getting ready for Bedlam next Saturday uh, against a game Oklahoma State team all of a sudden.
1: Before we you know call it a day or anything, what is next for Oklahoma? Because I think a couple of things are fair. Number one, and we, we've dissected this thing left and right, up, down, and we'll continue to do so, I'm sure, all week until we see this team play football again. But Jeff Levy, the offense, clearly some issues in the play calling department and these are not new this has been going on for a little while and yet Jeff Levy in Oklahoma has been undefeated to this point the the miss you know the the need to run some of the sideline to sideline stuff with Freeman and whoever just just be more basic at times stop being so cute with the offense but defensively is Oklahoma headed the wrong direction somebody asked the question earlier is this a and I'm sorry that I don't have it in the chat in front of me Somebody asked the question earlier, is this thing about to go up the rest of the way for Oklahoma or down the rest of the way for Oklahoma? And I think that's really right. The big picture question coming out of this for OU is that it's easy to say after a loss. But, John, there have been signs coming out of the Texas game that things are not trending in the right direction for OU. Defensively, uh, this is not headed in the right direction. They didn't handle the injury bug well today. So, yeah, I'm a little bit concerned about what's next for Oklahoma. I hope they can write the ship next week in Bedlam. Everything the rest of the way on paper should be winnable, but with the way that they've played these last couple of weeks, you've got to at least be on guard.
0: Yeah, there's no telling where this could end up. I I do think that there are signs of issues. I don't, outside of Ollie Gordon and Oklahoma State, I don't necessarily trust Alan Bowman. Uh, I'll never trust him. Uh, As long as as I watch quarterback play. Um, But, I mean, I I didn't think Jason Bean could make the throws necessary to win you a football game in this game, and he did. Um, Yeah, I I don't know. Man, it's going to be interesting to see because there were signs last week against UCF. We talked about it on our show earlier this week that was that a sign of a team that's trending in the wrong direction? We kind of thought it was okay. Maybe it was just the the hangover from the Texas win, the layoff, uh, UCF being able to make some things happen. I don't know. Um, there's still a lot to find out about this team. They don't look like a top ten team. They don't necessarily look like a playoff team after that one. Can they get to the Big Twelve title game? That's that's your next goal, and you got to hope that you can. But I mean, they they've, they've got to get back to the the drawing board and they've got to figure some things out because the way they played today, some of it in conditions, they just didn't look like the same team with the same intensity that they were against Texas. No, and and maybe that's when they peaked is they got up for that Texas game. They threw everything at it, and now it's just kind of we're we're starting to see, Okay, maybe this is who this Oklahoma team really is. Now they could prove us completely wrong again and go out and and beat Oklahoma State and, and run the table and get back to the Big 12 title game. That's fine. But they, they've got a lot of work to do and they've got, they've got some toughness that they got to figure out some physicality. They got to figure out, got to figure out a better way to play in the cold because it's going to get cold. You're going to go to Provo and that's not going to be a warm weather game in the tropics. No, you're going to be playing in some cold weather, uh, you know, next week in Stillwater. It could be a cold weather game, you know, a week after that in Norman. I mean, potentially the best weather you might have the rest of the season is going to be when uh, TCU come. Well, actually, no, that's TCU's coming to Norman. So maybe not. You might not have another, great weather game. So you could, you're going to have to figure it out. You're going to have to figure out how to throw the football when the weather and the conditions are not favorable. You've got to. You've absolutely got to. Running an unbalanced game does not work for you as an Oklahoma football team. You've got to play balanced. You've got to be able to throw the ball because the strength of this team is at the wide receiver position. That's where the depth is. Despite Jalil Farouk's fumble, despite you know, some drop passes, This is a team that has good playmakers on the outside. They've got to figure out a way to get them the ball. I mean, Nick Anderson's got, what, eight touchdowns this game. He only got two targets. you got to figure out a way to get these guys the football.
1: Adversity has struck for Oklahoma. The clock has not completely hit midnight, but uh, now, now adversity is here. And let's see how Oklahoma responds. Last season, it was not a great response for Oklahoma once they got punched in the mouth. So this is the chance for Brent Venables to answer one other question, right? That now he's going to be the head coach to lead Oklahoma out of some in-season adversity. First time it's really hit this year. Let's see what happens. And, you know, a bunch of people are kind of in different ways, John, asking the same question. Texan for live, Josh and John, do you all think the Sooners will make the Big 12 title game? Andrew asks, do we bounce back and finish out the year strong? Or do we roll over and look like this the rest of the season i don't have uh anything outside of my heart of hearts and my gut of guts to tell you that there's evidence right now outside of maybe the beginning of the season in the texas game that i do think oklahoma is going to respond and finish the year strong but uh, do i have some legitimate concerns both offensively and de- defensively absolutely do i have some concerns about the coaching staff offensive coordinator defensive coordinator head coach absolutely i do so am i just uh racing to take the bank account and say all right all right FanDuel here's my uh, Oklahoma's winning the Big 12 championship no not not right now but uh, I I do think that Oklahoma and Brent Venables are going to respond I hope they do and uh, this is one of those turning point kind of moments for Brent Venables and company all sorts of momentum it feels like obviously some of that has been lost in uh, this setback to Kansas but let's see Let's see what the answer looks like for Oklahoma, because the response last season, John, was not good. Yeah, we'll find
0: out. I mean, the how this team responds and they have no time to figure it out because they go to Stillwater next week and play an Oklahoma State team that's trending in a positive direction unlike the oklahoma sooners but that's going to do it for our post game live edition of locked on sooners thanks so much for joining us and joining us in the chat over on youtube thanks for subscribing to the show wherever you get your podcasts for free and available on all platforms and on youtube hit that notification bell to also let you know when new episodes drop we'll talk more about this game over the next few days be here for our monday night live show 9 p.m central time as well as we continue to try to figure out where this oklahoma sooners team is heading and what it says about the Sooners down the stretch follow Josh on Twitter at Josh on ref myself at John nine Williams the show is at locked on Sooners and on Facebook locked on Sooners podcast but until next time we're gonna cry together we'll figure it out we're gonna Oklahoma fan band together he's Josh Helmer I'm John Williams boomer Sooner